Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PK Podcast. Week four happened, and to be honest, wasn't that crazy, but we're still going to talk about it. So let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Hope your day is doing great. Thank you for tuning in to PK Podcast, episode 10. We're at double digits, people. Let's go. Um, it's currently week four of the football season, heading into week five, I guess, at this point, since it is Sunday. Um, pr- we got a jam-packed episode coming up, because we're going to be talking a lot about playoff scenarios. We're talking about the rankings that it just put out on Twitter. Check those out if you haven't already, at Paul Arridge on Twitter. Um, it was a pretty stale week. There wasn't a lot of like upsets. There was one game that would have been crazy upset, but... Um, we'll, we'll make sure to talk about every single game that happened this week and where each team's playoff scenario lies. So with that being said, if you weren't tuning in last week to this show, um, basically week four recap episode, the recap episodes is where I go through each score that happened this week, maybe like a sentence on each uh, team. And then after that, I'll go back through and talk a little bit more about each game. But this segment... It's kind of more just give you guys an overlapping landscape of what's been going on on in class 5a so with that being said let's let's dive in i think we're ready to uh, get to the big the big games that happen so let's talk about it starting off with a thursday game we've got Davenport North versus Iowa City West. Iowa City West dominates Davenport North 42-7. The Wildcats are 0-4. Playoff hopes down the drain. As Iowa City West, they cracked my top 10. Three straight dubs for the Trojans. Jack Wallace, it looks like a stud. Moving on to Lenmar versus Cedar Rapids, Washington. 30-12. Lenmar's defense goes absolutely crazy. They have a total of... 10 tackles for losses in this game, three sacks, and they force, I believe, three turnovers against Cedar Rapids, Washington. Those are the two Thursday games. Moving on to the Friday night light games at 5 o'clock p.m. Weird time for a game. Davenport West defeats Davenport Central 42-0. The Falcons are 4-0, and they control their destiny for a playoff spot, which I can't even fathom. Ames. 54-0 54-0 against Davenport, I mean, Des Moines East, not Davenport, Des Moines East, I mean, hey, 1-3, they got the win against, I believe it was Lincoln, but it's, it's hard to see a path for them to get more W's on the board, Dallas Saucer continues his lights out season, no interceptions this game, that'll help his ratio out a little bit, Sioux City North versus Bishop Keelan, a little bit closer than I thought it would be, but Sioux City North gets a dub, 22-14. This team, hey, they're 3-1. Out out west, you never know what can happen out there. And on to the next game. We've got Council Bus Lincoln versus Sioux City West, 36-0. Uh, as Council Bus Lincoln gets a dub against Sioux City West. I don't know how much we're going to be talking about this game, but good dub for Council Bus Lincoln. It was their homecoming game. Nice for them to get that done. At home, Fort Dodge against Marshalltown, 37-23. The Dodgers get the dub. Um, 
I mean, pretty handily. They had the dub. It was about 22 to 9 at half. So they, they had it pretty. They were in the driver's seat most of the game. On to the next game. Sioux City East versus Sergeant Buff Luton. Definitely messed that name up. Sioux City East 4-0 on the season. They defeat the Warriors 42-14. to um, Impressive uh, games from Sioux City East so far. They've dominated Western Iowa. Comp hasn't really been closed out there. Carlisle defeats Des Moines Lincoln 53-14. to I mean... Again, like this isn't the same Des Moines Lincoln as a team as last year. They're definitely going to have a struggle for a couple years to start getting talent back into that school. Eighteen to sixteen, Des Moines. I mean, eighteen to six, Des Moines North defeats Waterloo East. Then Polar Bears are three and one. People, hey, you, we got to start talking about them in the playoff race, which blows my mind to be quite frank. Centennial versus Cedar Falls, 28-14. Centennial takes it to Cedar Falls. This game really proved that Cedar Falls, when they're clicking, they're a top team in the state. It was 21-0 at half. Props to Cedar Falls for kind of holding on for a little bit, but hey, those Jaguars look scary, man. Waukee Northwest versus Johnson, 21-7. The Wolves defeat the Dragons. Hey, last year... This is the path to the playoffs for the Milwaukee Northwest. They have to win these kind of mid-ground games because their schedule is brutal. So they have to get these dubs when they matter and when they can actually compete, I feel like, against these other teams. Southeast Post versus Ankeny, the game of the week. Everyone was hyped for this game. The Ankeny Hawks come in to Altoona, dominate to be quite frank. It was 21-7 at half. It was decent. I mean, Sepp had a couple drives that maybe could have gone for it, but Moberly threw three picks for Southeast Polk. So we'll go more in-depth to this game, but 31-14, the Hawks get the dub in Altoona. Urbandale versus Roosevelt, 37-13. Urbandale is able to get the dub. Offensively, they look pretty good. Roddinghouse only had two incompletions, and Cole Garbord I mean, we're going to talk about him. This kid is nuts. Waukee versus Valley. Valley gets a dub 24-6 against Waukee. We still haven't seen this Valley team put it together offensively, but Aiden Price goes off in this game. I think he had like 150 total yards. Um, and now moving on to the next game, Dubuque-Hempstead versus Western Dubuque. I mean, Western Dubuque takes care of Dubuque-Hempstead 48-6. They averaged 15 yards per play. Easily the worst defensive performance we've seen from a 5A team this year. Cedar Rapids Jefferson versus Cedar Rapids Kennedy. Kennedy handles Jefferson. A lot of people see this coming. 55-6, the Cougars get the dub. And improved to 4-0. Pleasant Valley, 49-9 against Muscatine. Another game, I mean, we see this coming. Spartans improved to 4-0. Prairie versus Bettendorf. This game was close. Bettendorf was leading 14-7 heading into the fourth. But the Prairie Hawks score 11 points in the fourth quarter. And they're able to skate Bettendorf with a dub. Right, listen, that's scary for Prairie fans. But able to get that road win, that's, that's huge for them. Dubuque Senior versus Waterloo West. Dubuque Senior handles... Waterloo West, as expected, 34-0. Burlington versus Ottumwa, 42-7. Burlington, hey, Ottumwa, 
two and two now. They're starting to kind of lose that momentum from being undefeated to start the season. And then finally, the last game, Dowling versus Iowa City High, 34 zip. I um, Dowling wins against Iowa City High. Um, great performance all around by the Dowling Catholic Maroons, and that is your Week Four recap. So that was a lot. And in case you missed some, we're going to be going back to each game. But overall, kind of a predictable. I think I went 18 and two in, pre- in predictions this uh, week, and that just kind of shows you. Like, I, I know what I'm talking about, but it's it's a pretty straightforward week. There's not a bunch of craziness. If I, I didn't know Abu was out, so call me a casual for that one. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I probably would have picked Ankeny if, Abu, if I knew Abu was out. But still, that's a great win for Ankeny regardless. So let's uh, cron pod here. Thursday night football. Kind of one of my favorite things. I think Thursday night football, if, they, if I just say found a way to make like Thursday night primetime games. That would be sick. Make sure it's not like the biggest games, but like good games. Um the Trojans defeat Davenport North 42 to 7. I mean, I think at half it was like 42-0. I'm pretty sure. So there's that. Jack Wallace balled out 211 yards and four touchdowns at half. Christian Janice, of course, is balling. Um I'm kind of impressed with this defense ability to get tackles tackles for loss recently. They've been really impressive at getting those, uh, just disrupting the run game and getting sacks. So, this hey, this Trojan team, they cracked my top 10. I think they're a good team. They have a tremendous test against Iowa City High coming up. And Iowa City High is 2-2. Two two. They just got punched in the mouth uh, in the last game. I think it's rare you see the same performance from a team in back-to-back weeks. So if you told me to put money on a team right now, I'd probably go the Little Hawkeyes. But the Trojans are coming in hot. So this game is just going to be a really impressive game. I'm going to have to watch some film to make sure I'm picking the right team. But uh, the Trojans and the Little Hawkeyes, I think that game is going to be nuts. Moving on to Linmar versus Cedar Rapids, Washington. Lenmar's defense is showing out this year. Um, I'll pull up the stats right now. They they have three greens on the year <clears throat> for defensive performances. And if you don't know, on my uh, stat sheets I post every week on the PK Podcast Twitter, uh, it shows each team's yards per play allowed um, like for that week or for all four weeks, I guess now. Um and Lamar's three greens, which means they've allowed five or less yards per play in three out of four weeks. Uh, this week, they allowed 3.16 yards per play. So they, they peaked this week um, in that stat, and they they look disruptive. They're physical. I actually really like this team. I think they will they can definitely make the playoffs, even though they're 2-2. Two and two. They, they gave PV all they can handle last week. Moving on, we got Davenport West versus Davenport Central. This was a really good game for Davenport West defense. They gave up, I believe it was, 2.8 yards per play. Easily the best that we've seen from them. Um, they haven't had stats yet for their their offense, um, but I still think, I mean, Davenport West is legit, man. They're not legit in the sense they're going to win a state championship, not legit in the fact that they'll make the playoffs, but they're a team you're going to have to focus for on a given Friday night. Hempstead, I think they can win. 
like I'm confident after once I talk about it, you'll understand a little bit more about what Dubuque Hempstead what happened last week is what we'll talk about. But Davenport West, they're four and zero coming in. They're going to be playing at home against Hempstead, who has proved to be one of the worst teams in five A. So they can get the win, even though they haven't played. Here's the the big caveat: is they haven't played <clears throat> any opponents that I'm like, wow, they got the win. So um, they they're kind of playing shock game right now. But 42-0 against Davenport Central, that's respect. That's a great. You can't be mad at them for dominating bad opponents. Ames versus Des Moines East. <clears throat> I mean, we won't talk too much about this one. Dallas Saucer lights out. Uh, 258 yards passing. Um, I like that they blanked him. I like seeing Ames blank a team because they got Jakari Patton, who's a good athlete for Des Moines East. I thought they would at least put up seven. So, and nice. I want to see Ames' defense continue kind of a good good mojo because they need that because they struggle defensively. Um, Sioux City North versus Bishop Elon, 15-0 to zero at half to keep in mind for the Stars. So they were in control this game. It was 15-0 going in the fourth quarter, um, but then Bishop Heelan scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. Um, Suze North, their offense numbers look great, and their passing um, their passing percentage. Carson Stroben's been able to be smart with the ball, I believe, this year. He hasn't. His completion percentage should be pretty high. Uh, 53.4 isn't that high, but he has five touchdowns, one interception, so he's kept track of the ball. He hasn't allowed it to get in the opponent's hands that much. Um, so I... CC North three and one. Looking at their schedule, I mean, Ames L, Waukee L, Johnson L, uh, CC West Dub, Council Lincoln Dub. So they have a chance to go five and four. They've got a brutal couple weeks coming up, so they got to be locked in. Um, we'll see. Waukee's probably the only winnable game, possibly. They, I think they might have won last week. I mean, last year, but um, I still. They, they should, Waukee should beat them. So moving on to the next game, Constable Lincoln 36-0 against uh, Sioux City West. Um, Not much to talk about, kind of predictable. Sioux City West doesn't look too good. Constable Lincoln, I mean, good dub for them after having a rough performance, I believe it was last week against, um, checking right now, against Glenwood. Yeah, I think it was against Glenwood. No, yes, Glenwood. Don't doubt myself. Can't doubt myself. Um, moving on to the next game for Dodge versus Marshalltown. Marshalltown's playoff hopes kind of playoff hopes kind of out of the picture now. For Dodge, kind of puts the dagger in those hopes. Sioux City East versus Sergeant Bluffington. I mean, Sioux City East. Oh, they just put their stats in offensive stats. Let's go. I think they're literally doing it as I speak because they haven't put in receiving yard numbers, but they put in like quarterback numbers. Um. So, yeah, Richie, 300-plus total yards passing. I mean, this team can pass the ball, man. They're, at least against that talent, they've been able to pet, do whatever they want in the air. So, I don't think they have really an impressive tailback. Um, Walking Northwest for Sioux City East, listen, last week, I mean, last year, it wasn't like a crazy blowout, but um, I still think they just aren't going to be able to handle the talent that Central Iowa has in these and the teams they face. So we'll see. I just don't think they're yet. They're going to have to prove it to me for me to be like, whoa, that team is legit. <clears throat> Carlisle dominates Des Moines Lincoln. Not even really going to talk about it. Des Moines Lincoln's not in the playoff picture. 
Des Moines North, 18-6. Listen, this team, 3-1. They're 3-1. They've got on their schedule coming up. I'm going to just tell you, winnable or not winnable. Des Moines Lincoln, winnable. They could be 4-1 heading into week 6. Blows my mind. Roosevelt, I'm going to give Roosevelt the nod. Um, so... Four and two, Ankeny the nod. Four and three, Atumwa. We don't know. I probably, I mean, maybe Atumwa, and then Marshalltown. So they're gonna have to squeak one out for them to even be considered a playoff team. Their their opponent winning percentage is gonna really drag down their RPI. So they're really kind of hoping Ankeny kind of just dominates the regular season, so their RPI gets a nice little boost off of that. Um, moving on to the next game, Centennial versus Cedar Falls. Listen, Centennial, if they play like this again and just repeat this, they could very well only lose one more game on the season, and the game I'm saying to lose is Southeast Polk. Uh, looking ahead at their schedule, they got Sioux City East at home. On it, I mean, I expect domination. I want, I expect a 35-7 to 7 win against, um, against Sioux City East, at home especially. Urbandale... At Urbandale, that's a tough game. Um, that's kind of a t- coin flip. Joaquin Northwest, they should win. That's at home. Um, Joaquin Northwest has no threat through the air. Um, it's going to be all run defense, and I think Centennial has one of the better run defenses in the state. At Southeast Polk, that's going to be a murder pot- potentially. And then Des Moines East, they'll easily take the dub. So... Two two more losses, a six, I mean, a, was that five and four? Five and four if they lose to Urbandale. So they got to be Urbandale, in my opinion. They Six and three, they're locked. Five and four, they're probably in the playoffs as well. But I, I think it, you, you'd like, if you're a Centennial fan, to beat Urbandale to kind of solidify yourself. And the playoffs, um, Joaquin Northwest versus Johnson, um, it looks like, Turnovers was a big problem for Johnson this game. I think Will Ness had two interceptions on the game. Yeah, he did. Two interceptions. Um, I I haven't watched film on the game yet. It. I mean, John Joaquin Northwest was up fourteen zero heading into the fourth. Uh, Johnson did score, but Joaquin Northwest also scored. Sam Johnson had a great game, one hundred and sixty five yards and three touchdowns. So, hey. If they can do that, if, if Joaquin Northwest can manage against these average teams, they're in the playoffs because their RPI is going to be nuts because they're opponent one percentage. Moving on to Ankeny versus Southeast Polk. Well, I'm going like, to get, get comfortable because I'm talking about this game. Wow, I was there. I was at the game. Um, so I'm going to talk about it a little more in detail. So Ankeny gets the big dub on the road. Um the stock for Ankeny was going down heading this game, especially after that loss to Dowling. Everyone's like going, J.J. Cole, he hasn't produced yet this season. What's going on? This game was one of the top games J.J. Cole's had in his career. Um, I put this right up there with Valley and Dowling from last year. Um, the, he went off 21 for 23, 261 yards and four passing touchdowns. Um, it's clear Ankeny wanted to pass the ball. Rushing-wise, they only had 17 attempts, so they were they were on it passing-wise. 
this team playing the way they did this this week is the best team in the state if they can replicate that performance. Their offense looked in really hard to stop. Um, Evan Earmeyer, sophomore, he's not like a physical specimen, but him in that slot role I believe he's in is nasty because he's just a good route runner. He's kind of hard to tackle after the catch, so he's he's a prospect. Well, not prospect, but a receiver you should watch, um, watch and keep track of in those in games because he's he's been a stud for them to be quite honest. And um, rushing wise, they didn't do anything. Jason only had like twenty nine yards rushing, but I wouldn't be worried about that if you're winning um, already. I mean, if you're winning the game handily, thirty one to fourteen, so. Um, but here's here's my take for the Rams. The Rams, you can't overreact. They definitely aren't in Altoona. This their team is proved to be dominant. They dominated Dowling, who Ankeny lost to, thirty-eight to twenty-four. Um, Abu Sama being out is the biggest deal, biggest injury for them that could possibly happen. I think if Moberly was hurt, it wouldn't be as big of a deal as Abu being hurt. Abu accounted for 40.1% of their total yardage in week ones and two. And here's the thing with that. He's a running back. 40.1% of their yardage. He's got to compete with a quarterback who's getting like almost every single, he gets the ball every play. So plus they ran like a dual running back system. Harrison Gibson is a good backup running back and he really played really well uh, last Friday. So you can't, I don't think you can judge Southeast Polk on this game. I think with Abu, it's a different game. Now, the thing is, Angani scored in every quarter. Abu does Abu does play defense, but we, we don't know. In a, in a state championship game, Abu is probably going to man up with Jameson Patton. Um, this very well could be a preview of state championship game, which is why I say that. So, I mean, you don't, if you're a Ram fan, literally don't worry. It's a regular season game. It's week four. You're making the playoffs without a doubt. Um, if you guys just do your business, win, get good seating, so you're coming into the playoffs a little bit. I mean, coming into the dome a little more refreshed and ready. Um, I think you guys will be fine. Yeah, the Abu injury is a massive deal. That being said, for Ankeny, be confident. You went in to South Spoke and not only did your job, you dominated the job. You thirty-one to fourteen total yardage wise. I'm, I mean, it wasn't that, cl- that like off. I believe almost. Yeah, it almost looked like. Um, Tulsi spoke at more yards than them, but Ankeny's big play, big play. Uh, they their defense was really impressive on forcing turnovers. Um, Ankeny had a fumble recovery on a kickoff return and two inter- or three interceptions uh, against Moberly. Moberly, he'll step up. I don't think he's good enough yet that you can put the game in his hands. Um, to one, so you can't say to Moberly in the fourth quarter, go win me a game just yet. But I think he's good enough that you're going to be a top team in the state, top three team in the state. He's more than serviceable. He, he's got an impressive – he throws impressive balls. Um, he's quick. He can get out of the pocket. Playmaking-wise, I like him. But he'll, he's growing like – smarts wise throwing picks he'll get there don't worry you've got a long season ahead of you if you're a southeast book ram all right moving on to the next game Irmdale versus des moines roosevelt 
I mean, Urban Dale takes care of business. This game was 30-7 to heading into the fourth. It was 9-7 to and at halftime. That's a little bit concerning, but um, I think Garwood had a massive game. 13.5 tackles, 7.5 tackles for loss, and 3 sacks. And Kai Black, he's finally he finally emerged. He had eight receptions for 119 yards. Nice to see him get going. And Roddinghaus, 15 for 17 with 187 yards passing. You love to see that if you're a Jayhawk fan. Urban Doe, they got a real good chance to make the playoffs, obviously, with uh, especially with that win against Valley. All right, Valley versus Waukee, 24 to 6. The Tigers get the win. We still, to be quite honest, have yet to see an explosion offensively for Valley, and it's kind of worrisome because you're going to need to have a good offense to outscore the, the Ankenies, the Southeast Pokes, and the Dowlings. Like, that's just how it goes, and uh, I'm worried about them. I don't think their defense can just win them one of those games. Um, Ryan Kunin, 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 I butchered, 100% butchered the name, I feel like. But eight and a half tackles, three and a half tackles for the last two sacks. That guy's legit. I think Ryan's really good. Um, I think he's been having a really impressive year. I know he just went on a visit to UNI, so scouts are taking notice. Aiden Price there is their dude. He's their guy. But I think him getting he's getting keyed on, I think, at the beginning of the year. Because um, I think opposing teams just know, hey, he's not going to scare us. I mean, um, they're not going to scare us by having one option. We just need to lock in and make sure that one option is out of the picture. So I think that's where they kind of run into issues is just having one threat offensively. Uh, once they get Xavier and Robinson, I think they'll be they'll be just fine. Um, all right. We got to talk about this Western W. Kim said game. W. Kim said just put up the worst performance we have seen this year defensively. 15.1 yards per play. That's that's literally the worst like the worst thing I've seen. <laughs> that's the worst yards per play I've ever seen. To put that into perspective, the, the next worst yards per play is Cedar Rapids Jefferson with 12 yards per play allowed. Like that's nuts. 15.1 that's two plays, 30 yards. Like, I don't think that, like, a normal yards play, six six yards. Like, that's the average, I'm pretty sure, this year. So that that's embarrassing if you're a Hempstead fan. They got Davenport West coming up. If they lose that game, they're, they're in dangerous territory, being, like, one of the worst teams in 5A this year. Obviously, there's the Jeffersons, the Atumwas, the Des Moines Easts, and stuff like that, but I've been terrified. Um come uh of being like the worst team because i mean Dubuque's a good town they got athletes so that i mean they're just probably not having an influx of talent right now um on to the next game kennedy dominates jefferson 55 to 6 i mean this is expected uh looks like jefferson got a touchdown in the first quarter so hey props to them um Let's see. What else should I talk about in this game? I mean, not really much. There really isn't much to talk about because, I mean, I can tell Kennedy treated this game as kind of a tune-up. Um, starting running back didn't really get many carries. He got like three and a bunch of randos 
oh, I shouldn't say randos, but a bunch of different people got the ball uh, rushing-wise. I believe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players got um, the ball. Like, so, yeah, um, tough for Cedar Rapids Jefferson. Pleasant Valley versus Muscatine, 49-9. PV dominates Muscatine. Expected Ty Kozad got a concussion in that game, I'm pretty sure. He was out after half time. Um, let's see. Prairie versus Bettendorf. Let's talk about this one for a little bit. Um, listen, if, if Prairie loses this game, I'm, I'm losing all faith in them for the rest of the season. Um, the fact that this is close is really concerning. That's why I dropped them in my rankings. But, listen, they passed the ball the most. I've seen them pass the ball in a long time. They had an insane amount of offensive snaps. So I can tell that they controlled time of possession. It was just probably, I mean, they were probably shocked about how Bettendorf handled it. It looks like it, they just, Bettendorf just didn't give up big plays. That's what it's looking like. They, I mean, 54 total tackles for Bettendorf. And yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like they just didn't give up big plays uh, defensively. So it kind of, <coughs> bless me, limited prairie, um, to 18 points, which is really impressive for Bettendorf. Um, on to the next game, Dubuque Senior 34 to zero Waterloo West. Uh, I mean we we know Dubuque Senior is going to beat Waterloo West. The stats aren't in yet, so I can't go too in depth. Burlington versus Tumwa. Burlington dominates. Not much to talk about there. 42 to seven, and Dowling versus IOCI. Dowling looks flawless. They dominate. IOCI 34-0. Rashad Davis looks electric. Um, Smolik was playing great. Defensively, they didn't allow a single a single point for an offense that was averaging, I believe. Let me check. Oh, shoot. I'm on the wrong, wrong Google sheet. Uh, offense that was averaging 8, let's see, hold on, 10 yards per play which was the best in the state. Dowling limited them to 4.48, which is below average for yards per play this year. So that was massive for Dowling. They look hot right now. Back-to-back wins against good teams. Ankeny, I mean, them beating Ankeny, I mean, we obviously didn't see JJ the way he did last week, but, like, I'm still I'm so high on Dowling because – to go into Ankeny Stadium, get the dub, and it was kind of out of reach for a little bit, and then uh, 82-yard run by Jason Williams made it close again. But uh, I was really impressed to see them. They, their offense, I mean, their defense is getting on fire, honestly. They've allowed, what, 10 points against Ankeny and then zero against Iowa High. That's more than enough for them to get wins. So that was the last game that we'll talk about. Um, now let's just talk about some other things, some other storylines. Storyline, um, hold on, let me get to the right episode. Um, Abu Sama's injury, listen, I wouldn't overreact to anything. They, I believe their schedule's lightening up, even though it's an insanely hard schedule, so it feels like it never lightens up for them. Um, I believe it does. I'm going to double-check my word on that. I know they play Prairie, but it'll be on the home They'll be home. So they got Waterloo West, so they got a tune-up week. They're at Waterloo West, so that kind of annoying for them, but they'll, they'll, that's a tune-up week for them. They'll dominate that game. At Linmar, 
I, I'm pretty confident in um, Southeast Pope getting the dub, but, I mean, I, it's Lindmar. I don't want it to be a trap game because defensively they're a good team. Don't want Moberly forcing turnovers. So they got about a week a week to kind of relax a little bit. Um, obviously, there's no relaxing out, relaxed weeks in Altoona, but you know what I mean. Like, Abu, if he needs another week to get back up to speed, then he'll be – He'll be fine if um, if he's already back. He'll get kind of a tune-up tune up game against Waterloo West. Probably only get like five carries. Um, Will Nuss was balling. He is balling despite his loss. 825 yards, which is second in the state. Seven touchdowns, two interceptions, and a 60% completion percentage. That's really impressive. That's huge for Johnson. They have someone that's a threat at quarterback right now, and he has an arm. I think through for 300-plus. Um, the two interceptions were both against Joaquin Northwest, so that's that's troubling. But I wouldn't be too terrified of that if I'm a Johnson fan. I just need Will Nuss to win like three more games, and we should. You guys should be in the playoffs. Four probably is the safe bet. Um, Dowling, we talked about it a little bit already, but Dowling, that's a huge win for them. Uh, the Maroons are they've won three of their last four. And week one was their loss. And week one, you know, can sometimes be unpredictable. Centennial's on fire. Their past two weeks are averaging above six yards per play. Elijah Porter is, in his past two games, has six touchdowns and, like, 400 yards. So um, that is something to talk about. I feel like they've been having way more success passing the ball recently. Um, against Waukee, they might have saw something. They passed the ball 44% of the time compared to their, like, 30% of the times in other games. Um, so they're still, they're still run first team, but they're looking better passing a ball-wise. Trenton Smith, that's favorite, That's big for Centennial to see him um, open up the passing game. I know Elijah Porter is also a threat receiving. receiving and um, Jay Shetty's looked really good too. Um, as for the remaining undefeated teams, we've got, we have, let's see, Kennedy. Um, they're five, four and zero. Davenport West four and zero. Sioux City East four and zero. PV four and zero. Kennedy four. Oh, PV four and zero. I already said Kennedy. So impressive for all those teams. Congrats! You're, they're all in their drive the driver's seat for the playoffs. They should make the playoffs, barring anything like crazy happens. Um, aside from that, let's talk about my top ten, and that'll be kind of it for this episode. Um, let's see here. Let's talk about it. So, let's, I want to make sure everyone is on the same page as me when I'm doing these rankings, because they're resume-based, but I also factor in some, like, would this team beat this team right now? That's how, that's in my head. I think that's the best way to do rankings. If it was a projection, I feel like it'd be kind of annoying. Um, and if it was based off literally, like, just like your record, then that those rank, literally rankings are terrible if you're basing them off record. So, coming in at one for me, I've got Dowling. Dowling moves into my one spot. They move up one spot from their uh, number two spot that they were in. Uh, they lost to Southeast Polk week one, so there's kind of a head-to-head indifference there. But uh, I think Dowling would beat Southeast Polk if they didn't have Abu right now. So that's how I picture it. Now, if Abu's back, Sep's the best team in the state. I want people to understand that. There should be no question about that because they have been dominant if they have Abu Salman. Number two on in the state is Ankeny. They move up two spots from number four. 
Um, they listen. They're the best team in the state if they play like that. Bar except obviously, I know I sounds contradicting what I just said, but um, except against I think Set versus Abu with Abu, um, that game is just nuts. I think that would be like a coin flip game. But Ankeny is so exciting to watch offensively when they're clicking, and uh, if their defense can make plays like they did last week, then they're a super tough team to beat. If they get you off the field, don't allow you to just kind of hold the ball, run the ball against them. If they're able to limit how long a team's on the field through turnovers, then they're in the driver's seat. Um, as and then three, I got Southeast Polk. Um, they moved down two spots from number one. The I got to penalize them for losing at home. Um, but Abu Sama again, like you can't, can't really judge them right now. They're the best team in the state still resume wise with Abu Sama Four, Pleasant Valley. They moved down one spot. Um, they moved down one spot. Cause I think those three central Iowa teams, even though they beat up on each other, you can't penalize them for that. They play a tough schedule. They play in central Iowa. We know based on the past, like 12 state championships that central Iowa is the dominant factor. Um, PV, I'm right now they're slotted in that fourth spot because they would be the fourth team heading into the dome if uh, that was today, in my opinion. Um, five spot, I got Kennedy. They're going to sit tight there until either PV loses probably or like another team loses in the top three, which I don't think will happen uh, unless it's like Valley for Ankeny or for Dowling. Sep, I don't think. I mean, Prairie's probably their last game where I'm like scared of them losing, maybe Centennial. Um, so Kennedy will be comfortable right there. They're going to get rack up the wins because their schedule, even though being an elite team in the state, is kind of weak. Um, they play Johnston, which I'm actually really excited to see that game. Urbandale is number six for me. Urbandale moves up three spots, and they move up three spots, more because of Pete Prairie uh, having a bad week. But Urbandale, listen, they beat Johnston. They beat Valley. I mean, they lost to Johnston. They beat, they beat Valley. Um, that literally saved their season, in my opinion. And uh, if they're clicking, their defense is really good. And Peyton Ronninghaus, if he he's been kind of slow to start the season, but if he's going, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the state. And Kai Black, literally, his frame is massive, and he can win a one-on-one against almost any corner in the state. So, uh, Urbandale's a dangerous team, but we know in the past, Urbandale hasn't proved it at any point in the season that they're a top team. So um, six is high, but we'll see. They they do have some tests coming up, so we'll, we'll for sure know. Seven, I got Centennial. Listen, Centennial, if they're playing the way they have the past two weeks, they're a top seven team. They're really good defensively, and if they run the ball with Elijah Porter like they are now, that's so hard for teams to stop, it looks like. I mean, Elijah Porter's putting up otherworldly numbers. Um rushing the ball the past two weeks so given the respect of the Jaguars they barely lost to Ankeny in a game you could say they should have won won so um the Jaguars deserve their respect Valley moves up to eight for me um I'm, I'm just waiting for them to ex- get Xavier and Robinson to see if they're legit offensively I don't again I'm not gonna say Xavier Robinson solves every single problem that Valley has but it definitely is gonna help to not have Aiden Price getting double teamed or something um, during games. And then Prairie, um, they moved down three spots for me, barely beating Bettendorf, who just lost to Muscatine. I have to penalize that. I mean, you're in Iowa high school football especially, the good teams dominate the bad teams. And um, it's not kind of an every given Friday, Friday type of thing. 
if you're a bottom tier team, you usually get dominated. Um, so Bettendorf, I mean, respect them. They're one of the best programs ever historically, but um, Prairie's got to handle them, and they didn't, so they had to penalize them. And then number 10, I like Iowa City West right now. Now, I know I said earlier in the episode, give me a head-to-head matchup right now, and I, I'm giving Iowa City high that we're going to see that this Friday. I'm giving Iowa City high the nod because I think it's rare you see the same team if they play bad twice. Like, City High just got dismantled against Dowling 34-zip. I don't think – I think Mitchell Moore is going to get the troops, rally the troops together and make sure this this next game, Iowa City West, they've dominated them last year. They they handled them heavily last year. I think they want to get back to that and win back that trophy. And then uh, teams to watch, we got Linmar. They're going to be a team to watch. They could be a top-10 team heading into next week. Iowa City High, got to keep them in a team to watch. They could very well win next Friday. Dubuque Sr. is lurking there. Um, I'm interested to see how the rest of their season goes. Walker Tart continues to be phenomenal. Walker Northwest slips into the top teams to watch. Um, I like them a lot, actually. I think uh, they beat a lot of the teams that are kind of in that teams to watch territory, but I think their record just looks so nasty because they play such good teams that you can't really, you don't get a good judgment of them. And then Johnston is on the last team to watch. I dropped them pretty heavily. Um, I'm worried a little bit about the offense putting up seven against Walking Earth West. Uh, but Will Nuss, they, they had tons of yards, so it looks like it was a turnover problem. So we'll see if they can clean up that. But that will basically wrap up the episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening appreciate you guys um hope you guys have a great rest of the week i'll be back on wednesday to talk about the upcoming games and uh, what to look out for and any other storylines that happen all right peace out thank you for watching share the podcast follow the twitter and the instagram at pk podcast one god bless you